Welcome to episode number 99. Yeah, that's right, I've taken with you. For December 19th, 2010, it's the Christmas special. Ho, ho, ho. I just now noticed we have different music at the beginning. Of that's the right, I could sing along. I don't know the words to this song, but we could. You know it's lovely weather for a podcast together with you. Giddy up, let's go. Let's get on with our show. We're going to have a bunch of coolly cool things to play. How am I doing? I'm pretty good. Yeah, we don't have snow, so I guess we can't do the, the sleigh, but we can do Our show. feet are nice and cozy because I'm wearing some slippers, you see. <laughs> I guess I should have had the lyrics in front of me. Yeah, that might help. But yeah. Okay. So what are we doing right now? We're listening to the theme song. Merry Christmas, everybody! We'll be we'll be having all sorts of really great things on the show today. We've got some sh- some shorts, some sh- short stories, some sort some. How do I say that? <laughs> short stories. Short stories. We've got poems. We've got comments from listeners and more comments from Facebook and Twitter on what you love the most about Christmas. It's going to be encouraging. It's going to be thought provoking, and you might shed a tear or two, and you might laugh a few laughs gonna be great so crank it up and enjoy the take him with you christmas special for 2010 There you go. Well, are you ready? I think I am. For Christmas? Uh, almost. It is the Christmas special, so have you got all your wrapping done? I, you, it was amazing. I mean, she's been wrapping so much. There's a constant drum beat coming out of the, out of the uh, dining room, and she's just in there going. She's trying all these different. She's like, you're right, a slayer. You're a player. Mr. Santa, you're a Melanta. I don't know, but anyway. No, no, I don't. I really can't do that kind of rapping. No. Well, with, But you've been rapping presents. I've been trying to keep so up. So has Catherine. Catherine's been rapping yeah. a lot. Yeah. She's I, my little rap star. She's, she even got conned into rapping all of Andrew's presents. Yeah. Hey, way to go, Andrew. He, he's, he's wise. He's um. Uh, well, he's like uh, he's like uh, somehow, Huckleberry Finn. Somehow she washes his car too, and um, and makes him cookies. And makes him cookies. I think he's a little spoiled, but that could be. Yeah, it's pretty funny actually. It's funny. I think it's funny. Okay. That he gets her to do stuff for him. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I th- I think she's just being a nice little sister. So anyway, you are ready for Christmas. You've got everything ready to go. We um, almost. Well, I I was planning on a plan A for our family Christmas party this weekend, and um, um, I'm not getting to do plan A. So we'll see if plan B comes about or not. Ah, uh, we'll work it out. We're gonna do so, some cool stuff for our family. That'll yeah, I yeah. Well, we're gonna figure something out. <laughs> Well, we we have a great show for you today. Not only are we ready for Christmas and looking forward to celebrating the season with our family and and some friends, but uh, we also have some great listener comments from you, from Facebook and from Twitter and from some emails I got today. 
just about what you love about Christmas. We've got a couple of comments from listeners that uh, called in and and talked to us, which I think is going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, we've got some short stories, a couple of short stories, a poem, and a, and a beautiful song to play for you today, mm-hmm. all on this exciting edition of the Taking With You podcast Christmas special for 2010. So we're going to have a great time. So without further ado, why don't we um, play our comment from our friend uh, Richard Pete from uh, from Crystal Lake over by Chicago. Okay. Great friend of the podcast, and here's what he had to say about Christmas. Well, with us is a longtime listener and friend, Richard Pete from Crystal Lake in by Chicago. Hola. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Well, we have something very much in common, you and I and Amy. Okay. It's all about how we celebrate Christmas. So I thought we would ask you real quick, Richard, what what is your favorite part about Christmas? Um, I think for me, the best part of Christmas is the family time. Um, you know, it's always a challenge to find, you know, to come up with, you know, good gift ideas for the kids and for one another. Um, you know, we always do the Advent wreath, you know, which is a lot of fun. And, you know, Joseph and Mary, they make an amazing trip around our house (laughs) throughout (laughs) Advent. Um, so that's cool. And there's a lot of music and we're a very musical family. So it's everything that leads up to Christmas. And then for me, Christmas Eve at Midnight Mass is sort of, everything kind of sort of builds up to that. Because by the time the Mass is over, it is Christmas. Mm-hmm. So our first, you know, Merry Christmases actually happen within our faith community at church. You know, then we get to go home, we put the kids to bed, and then Christian and I stay up for hours, you know, putting... Not so much now, but when, when kids are little, putting together bikes and putting together right. all the toys and stuff the like that. The some assembly required thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and then and then we, we kind of tease the kids on on, on Christmas morning because the rule is you can't wake us up until after 8 o'clock. <laughs> you know, so they're up like at the crack of dawn. Uh-huh. And, Staring into the front room. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they're allowed to play with the gifts that aren't wrapped. Ah, those are from Santa, but they can't open up any wrapped gifts. Oh. So, you know, it takes about an hour and then they're dying to yeah. open up gifts. <laughs> and so Chris and I are actually usually up by like seven, but we don't go downstairs until like 830. We wait until they're banging on the doors. <laughs> please, come on, please. That's so awesome. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's really, it's family time. You know, it's time to celebrate the birth of our Lord. Um, and, and in a way to rededicate ourselves to his service. Um, we try to do some service type things during Advent to sort of remember why why we're celebrating. Mm-hmm. So all, all that, it just helps build family bonds and, it, and, it, and it, it strengthens, I think, you know, the faith of the family as a unit. Oh, that's great. You know, I have a little question because I grew up in church and we had an Advent wreath at, at church and we you know lit a candle every week 
But for those that didn't grow up in church, do you think that you could explain Advent to them? Um, what that means and a little bit about that? Oh, my. Because <laughs> I'm not sure how I would explain either. I just remember that we lit a candle every week and we had those scriptures we would have said. And Anyway, I don't know if you can explain it better than I could. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess... It, in, in the simplest in the simplest form, Advent is really it's a time of preparation for the birth of Christ. Um, you know, I mean, Christmas is really the feast of the birth of of our Savior. So, it really you know, as you, as you're moving closer, as you're going through the Advent season, you're re, you're remembering the story, and you're preparing your 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 yourself. Um, and your mind and your spirit for his coming. And for us, you know, part of the Advent process for us with the Advent calendar, which is really, you know, for each day of the Advent season, you know, like through December, you know, there's there's a little pocket in the Advent calendar and you and you know, normally there's like a candy or something in there. Right. And you take some time and you read scripture and then <coughs> sort of talk about, you know, what's happening. And in the Bible, during this time, you know, Mary and Joseph have to make this pilgrimage back to Bethlehem because there's a census and the Romans are, you know, kind of like we do a census here in the States. They, they did the census way back then. Now everybody has to go back to where they were born in order to do the census. And so they're making this trip. And so that sort of, as we're moving Joseph and Mary from place to place around the house, it's, it's their journey all the way back to Bethlehem where they end up in a stable because there's no other place for them to to stay. So we sort of chronicle that journey, you know, and to a certain extent, we think about journey, you know, in our own lives. Um, so we kind of take that journey as a metaphor in some ways with our kids, you know, they've been journeying through school for a semester and we've been journeying through work and, you know, as a family, especially with my wife's illness, you know, there's been a huge journey along with that. Mm -hmm. So I think in, in a way we even start that process out at Thanksgiving. Sure. Uh, then sure. we start from there. So. so what you're saying then is it's not just one day that you celebrate Christmas. Really, you, you celebrate year-round, but you really emphasize those, those 25 days of, uh, starting in December or right after Thanksgiving when, when we've been thankful. And then you just really start concentrating more on the spiritual significance of the holiday. Exactly. Exactly. Because I think it's important to ground your kids in something other than Christmas presents. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all enjoy getting presents and we enjoy giving presents, but at the same time, like one of the things that we do every year is our church partners with a shelter for families, mm -hmm. you know, who don't have a place to live. Right. Often there are families where there's no father and it's just the mother and the children and, you know, and are struggling and we partner with them and families in our church adopt one of the families at the shelter and we buy gifts for all the children and the parents in that family, as well as then provide like a, a gift card to a local grocery store wow. so that the mother would be able to buy a Christmas <coughs> feast, if you will, right. for the family on Christmas day. That's really cool. You know, and, it, and it's a real family tradition. You know, we, 
we, we pick a family that's got the same number of kids that we have, you know, and so the kids are just as much involved in picking out, you know, what clothes and what other things that we would get for right, these right. children so that they can experience, you know, a little bit of what, you know, our family experiences over Christmas time. Right. That's fantastic. That's And that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Yep. That's very, very cool. Well, Richard, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you for being a friend not only to Amy and I, but to the Taken With You audience. You, you know, you have participated in some interviews, and you always have some great comments and everything. And we just really appreciate your support and your friendship. You, you're, you guys are a wonderful family, and we love you. The feeling is mutual, Rick. You guys are awesome. I love the ministry that you guys are engaged in. Um, I fully support what you're doing. I mean, it's 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 the Great Commission. It's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be letting people understand, you know, who our who our Savior is, why we love Him, and what He can do for others. And I think that's great that you're doing this in this in this ministry of outreach and encouragement, which I can't tell you how many times your podcast has encouraged me. Well, that's that's awesome to hear, Amy. Yeah. Wish him a Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay. She's over there with tears in her eyes. I'm not crying. But anyway, it does, you know, when, you, <clears throat> when you're talking about different things, it really brought me back to, to um, a lot of the Christmases I had growing up and how special they were. So, um, yeah. Anyway, Merry Christmas and um, Merry Christmas to your family, too. I wish you all the best. I pray for um, Christy for her health. And for your kids, as they're growing and going to school and everything they're doing, that um, you just will have a, a good year the rest of the year. Yep. Feliz Navidad, my friends. Thank you. And with that, I'm going to uh, play Matthew chapter 1 and 2 uh, that I recorded for our midweek booster. I'm going to play it on the program now so that people can hear a little bit more about the birth of Christ and this, what happens surrounding it. I think everybody will enjoy this. It's kind of dramatized. Is that how you say it? Dramatized? Dramatized. Dramatized? dramatized. dramatized. That's a dramatized. new word. He I'm put, starting a new word. He put beautiful music with it. I so. play beautiful music with it. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful music. Well, anyway, we'll play that right now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Richard. Have a great Christmas. You too, guys. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure out a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew for God is with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. He named the baby Jesus. Chapter 2 
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, Where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on a pilgrimage to worship him. When word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified. And not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religious scholars in the city together and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him, Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It's you, Bethlehem, in Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear. From you will come the leader who will shepherd rule my people, my Israel. Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east. Pretending to be as devout as they were, he got them to tell him exactly where the birth announcement star appeared. Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, Go find this ch- Leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In a dream, they were warned not to report back to Herod, so they worked out another route, left the territory without being seen, and returned to their own country. After the scholars were gone, God's angel showed up again in Joseph's dream and commanded him, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. Stay until further notice. Herod is on the hunt for this child and wants to kill him. Joseph obeyed. He got up and took the child and his mother under the cover of darkness. They were out of the town well on their way by daylight. They lived in Egypt until Herod's death. This Egyptian exile fulfilled what Hosea had preached. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod then realized that the scholars had tricked him, flew into a rage. He commanded the murder of every little boy two years old and under who lived in Bethlehem and its surrounding hills. He determined that age from the information he'd gotten from the scholars. That's when Jeremiah's sermon was fulfilled. A sound was heard, weeping and much lament, Rachel weeping for her children, Rachel refusing all solace, her children gone, dead, and buried. Later, when Herod died, God's angel appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Ah, take the child and his mother and return to Israel. All those out to murder the child are dead. Joseph obeyed. He got up, took the child and his mother, and re-entered Israel. When he heard, though, that Archelaus had succeeded his father Herod as king in Judea, he was afraid to go there. But then Joseph was directed in a dream to go to the hills of Galilee. On arrival, he settled in the village of Nazareth. This move was a fulfillment of the prophetic words, He shall be called a Nazarene. Well, there you go. A little bit of the scripture on the the birth of Christ and the surrounding events that occurred. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't get much better than that. Well, yeah. I mean, traditionally we read out of, you know, Luke chapter 2 and 
stuff. But I think Matthew chapter 1 and 2 have some great insight um, and kind of debunk some of the myths that surround the birth of Christ. You know, we have these nativity sets with the wise men at the manger and everything. But according to the scripture that we just read, they actually came after he was about a year old or so. So they year, saw the maybe two years. Yeah, old. well, they mm-hmm. saw the star, and mm-hmm. that was the you know pronouncing the birth of Christ, and then they started their journey. And back then, they didn't have jet planes, so they didn't fly in in their helicopters or jets to uh, there, there was Nazareth. just some kind of research that came up that from a um, really old um, historical text from China that they found that talked about um, wise men from China going to um, the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So that might have been... Could have been them. Could have been them. So anyway, I, I yeah. just think it's always fun to read some scripture and take a look at uh, what it has to say. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, now, lots of people wrote in when I asked the question on Facebook, what is your favorite part about Christmas? Do we have any good comments that you'd like to read? Yeah, we have lots. Um, Angie said, Christmas Eve service... Usually at my grandma's church. Tradition. Ah, uh, yes. We're going to go to a Christmas... Well, the Lord willing, we'll be going to a Christmas Eve service up at the church we go to in Olympia. Barring really bad weather or something strange. Right. Yeah. But so we're, we're looking forward to that. Should be fun. We're, we're hoping and planning to go. Tammy said, family and the celebration of Christ's birth. Mm-hmm. Dan says, getting together with family is the best. Oh, cool. Sean says... All the purdy lights and the crisp, cool mornings. I had to read it like he spelled it. Yeah. Purdy. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and seeing Santa get stuck in my chimney. <laughs> Steven, uh, he's awesome. He says, I like the memories as a child that I had. You know, the decorations, getting the tree, putting up enough lights for a theater marquee, the school play and later band concerts that we took part in, watching the Charlie Brown and other Christmas specials, that we waited for all year long because VCRs VCRs were not part of our households then. Even color TV was brand new. Uh, making the big shopping trip to Aberdeen, going around the circles, uh, trying to find parking spots, uh, the bright lights and decorations, the magic that Brennan's held upstairs with Santa and all the all those toys, uh, the surprises that our stocking, stockings and gifts under the tree held, making a fruit cake with Grandma Davies. Uh, Grandma Munson's um, um, Stolen and Bill's XL Bakery's Yulkaka. Remember Yulkaka? Yeah, it's similar to my Swedish braided bread, bread, except for frosting and fruit nuts. Later in life, learning that the best gifts are those not found under the tree, but the birth of Jesus is symbolic for those of us to let go of all our despair and excess baggage to God and celebrate the rebirth of a new year and pray for the miracles to come. That was really cool. Steve, you rock. That's just fantastic. That's really good. Yeah, cool. What does Pauline say? Pauline says, giving and spending Christmas with friends that are like family. Yeah. Jenny said, making memories and spending time with the family. Alan says, there's a moment sometime around 2 a.m. when Santa has come and gone and my wife and I are sitting in a dark room except for the Christmas tree lights. The house is completely quiet. The angel on the top of the tree makes me think of that moment when they appeared to the shepherds. The nativity set under the tree makes me imagine what the shepherds saw. And in that moment, 
that quiet, tree-lit moment, I share my Christmas with my father. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Thank you, Alan. Um, Al and Joyce Kessel. Oh, said their last names. The folks that do the Mouse House, Tales from the Mouse House, mm-hmm. their podcast. Uh, say, they say family. Um, my wife, Joyce, and pup, Kate. And the fact that for at least one day out of 365, some folks can figure out how to be kind to others. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I think we should make Christmas all year round, don't yeah, you? Yeah. The kindness part, at least. Yeah. Um, Danny says, seeing family, driving around, looking at the Christmas lights. And this year he has his new bride, so he's probably pretty excited about Christmas. Ah. Yeah. Kenny, our friend Kenny from California, says, The world always seems a happier place during Christmas time. I love that. Oh, and Christmas music. You can't help but smile when you're listening to that. Yeah, we That's like true. Christmas. I played Christmas music most most of all today, yeah. at least all afternoon. Cool. Matthew says, The food. It's all good. I love this time of year. The smiles on the kids' faces, gift-giving, etc., but above all, the food. <laughs> Lots he, he's of our neighbor. We're gonna, points. He's our neighbor. We're going to have to bring him some cookies. Yeah. I think we've already sent some cookies their way, but yeah. we might send some more. <laughs> Christopher says, celebrating Christ, spending time with our church and family. Dave says. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Dave says, I'll tell you after Christmas when it's safe to do so, uh, if I don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. He's hilarious. He's a good writer, too. Yeah, Maybe sometime we can read one of his stories. He has good poems and stuff, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Well, speaking of poems, okay. I wrote a poem this year that I put in our newsletter, and my friend Meds from over across the pond mm-hmm. um, asked if he could read it for me. And I said, of course you can. He has a wonderful voice. So I did a little score of music, and then uh, Meds uh, did the reading, and uh, here's what it turned out to sound like. Here it is, What Christmas Means to Me, read by Simon Meddings, right here on Take Him With You. Enjoy. What Christmas Really Is, by Rick Moyer. While walking through the crowded aisle that Walmart made so small, I pondered how before Thanksgiving there were Christmas lights and all. For when I was just a little kid, the stores would never dare to put the trimmings out like that, not greed they seemed to care. When people called it Christmas, instead of being politically correct, we sang hymns in school plays with no problem and respect. It wasn't called Black Friday. Stores opened after eight. The deals, they were okay, but they really weren't that great. Instead of electronics on wish lists that every kid demanded, we were thrilled with a few army men and a balsa glider that landed. Family was the focus of our holiday and spending time together. The effort went into seeing each other, regardless of the weather. In later years, I kind of woke up and realised what it was for. That Christmas wasn't simply family, that the significance was more. 
The manger scene that graced our home was there most every year. But for some reason I hadn't noticed through all the Christmas cheer. How a baby was born in a stable and a world was saved through him that he would bring peace on earth and save us from our sin. What courage and determination that he mustered through his years to love us in spite of ourselves and deliver us from fears. Yes, Christmas is much more than gifts. It's what's behind it all. It's a baby born that then grew up and redeemed us from the fall. Through asking him into our heart, we open the gift of grace. He understands our hopes and dreams, helping us through tough times we face. You see, it's not about the gifts we give or the things we get from friends. It's all about the life we live and the people we've loved in the end. We can enjoy the traditions and stuff that we see each and every season, but let us not forget the purpose, that Jesus is the reason. For if we truly wish to celebrate like we were created to do at first, it's not the money or the gifts that we should hunger for or thirst. It's to be right with the God that loves us, who opens up our eyes, that was born as a baby and lived a life, who has heard every one of our cries. He gives a gift of himself, you see. If we only open up the present, perhaps Christmas would be different, both giving and more than pleasant. So see your family and visit a friend. Forget the Christmas bees. Receive the God that gives us life. That's what Christmas really is. Hey, Rick and Amy. It's Jen from Texas. I was just calling to say how much I appreciate your show and and your prayers and your friendship. Um, It's really great to come into work and put on my headphones and listen to your show and be ministered to. So thank you very much for that, for everything you do on the show and off the show. Um, One of these days, Dave and I, my husband, will... uh, be able to come up and visit you guys because we consider you among our best friends and that's very strange to me because not that long ago I thought it was really weird to have friends from the internet and if you had friends on the internet you had some social dysfunction but times are different and friends you meet online are kind of like pen pals and they can be your best friends so anyway thank you very much for that um, I missed the boat on on uh, getting you my Christmas recipe and letting you know what my favorite Christmas song was. I think I tweeted it, but I know you received like a billion tweets and Facebook's, Facebook messages, and and I'm sure that you missed it. But um, my uh, favorite song would be uh, The Little Drummer Boy, and there are a couple of different versions of it that I really like, and one of them is is a classic. I don't know who does it, but... There are some baritones in the background going brum, 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 bum, bum. And then there's a choir of sopranos and altos singing the lyrics. and That's my favorite. And then right behind that is the version that Jars of Clay does. And I really love, love that song. And probably because I identify with the drummer boy. Um, 
and I always have. Growing up, um, my family didn't have a lot of money. We were farmers from South Texas. We lived on a farm um, and didn't have a lot of money. And one year, my dad sold a truck just to get us, sold his only truck just to get us um, Christmas presents. And that's always stuck with me. And then another year, um, when we were away visiting my my father's parents, my mom's side of the family got together, broke into our house because, you know, no one locks their door in the country, and wrapped a bunch of hand-me-down items for us, which to us was super awesome. We loved it. And um, it doesn't matter. Um, Christmas isn't about buying things. It's about a gift. It's about what God gave us, which was Jesus Christ, and what Jesus gave us, which was his life for our salvation. And every year we give in in honor of that and to remember that. And it feels good to give. And it doesn't matter what you give. It could be your time, your your love, your um, your best cookie recipe, <laughs> a song played on a drum. It doesn't matter. It's And this year I think... Uh, my family has mutually decided that that we're going to to make things for one another and just share time together instead of buying things because times are tough and money's tight and it doesn't matter it's going to be the best Christmas ever because this year we have Aaron and he's joined our family as of July 25th 2010 and it's so awesome to see Christmas through his eyes he loves the Christmas tree and Amy, I have some Christmas recipes to send your way, but they are by no means low calorie, so you'll have to save them just for a special occasion. Um, I think that I've told you this before that but my family is um, a little bit Swedish, and David's family is about the same percentage Norwegian, so we're going to have a really tall child uh, when he grows up. He's going to be really big, red hair, blue eyes white skin. Anyway, um, super white skin. I, I wanted to say that um, I have two recipes to offer you. One of them is from my Nana, who um, has the Swedish blood in our family, the majority of it. And um, it's St. Nicholas cookies, which to me taste kind of like Mexican wedding cookies. They look the same, but there's a lot of almond extract in it, like, like you've mentioned in your recipe uh, for something similar. And then um, the other is a biscuit that David's parents, uh, David's mother uh, has passed the recipe down to me for, and it's a Norwegian kind of like a tea biscuit or or a coffee biscuit, and it's called a krinla. And um, I'm not very good at making it, and, so, and it's I'm really bad at making it, but uh, you might have better luck at it, so I'll pass that recipe on to you. So anyway, um, I wanted to give a shout-out um, to my sister, who's a listener of Take Him With You, I love you, and I will see you the day after Christmas, which is when our parents are having their Christmas. And uh, again, thank you all. Thank you, um, Rick and Amy, for everything that you do. Um, we love you, and we appreciate you very much. And um, I hope that in the new year, you continue to have blessings and, and success with your show and and everything else. Um, Merry Christmas to everyone, and God bless. Thank you, Jen, for that comment. That was very sweet of you, and I'm interested in trying some of the Scandinavian recipes since I I come from a largely Scandinavian background, too. And I'll mom. be highly interested in eating them. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rick has a lot of Norwegian in him, and my mother was completely Scandinavian, um, Norwegian, and Swedish Finns. So anyway... 
we like eating Norwegian and Swedish food, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's really, it is kind of interesting, the day and age that we live in. And we also consider uh, you and Dave good friends of ours as well. And it's uh, it's just really kind of cool how you can connect with people from all around the world. We have friends from, from several different countries now. And it's just, it's really, really neat to share mm-hmm. our lives with folks like you. You guys are just uh, an inspiration to us. And we just love seeing Aaron grow up and... It's exciting, and we will meet someday. Yeah, I think you guys should come up in the summer and escape the heat of Texas. And, and then come we should go our, down in the winter. Oh, we should escape the cold of <laughs> Washington. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. We have real mild summer, so you probably would love coming up here and, and getting in the the 60-degree weather. <coughs> and, and Yeah, so it'll be nice. Yeah, and uh, in honor, Jen, of your favorite Christmas song, uh, we're going to play your the version that you love so much right now, and uh, then we'll be back with a short story written by a friend of ours named Desi, who uh, lives in Los Angeles. So hold on. I find as gifts we bring To lay before the king So to
There it is, Jars of Clay with their rendition of Little Drummer Boy. That's for you, Jen. That was a nice version. I liked it. It is kind of cool, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of weeks ago, um, I received an email from my friend Des- Desiree Snyder in uh, Los Angeles, and she wrote um, a short story, and I, I read it, and I just thought it was really cool. And uh, and then it dawned on me, you know, we've got our Christmas special coming up. It'd be really neat if she could... Uh, um, may, I was wanting to know if she'd let me read this story on the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And so I got back a hold of her, and she rewrote a few parts of it and make it a little more Christmassy, you know, uh, to fit along with the special. But she did a great job. And so um, I went ahead and, and narrated it and added a score to it. And uh, it's a it's kind of a, a cool sci-fi story, but uh, but a great analogy and a great Christmas message. Mm-hmm. So I thought we would play it for everybody. This is called Countdown by Desiree Snyder, right here on Take Him With You. Countdown, a short story by M. Desiree Snyder. I had known the truth for so long. Why did I hide it? Why didn't I just tell them sooner? We'd been wearing the timers for some time now, a pin that you couldn't take off. You wore it with everything, and everyone had one. The elderly, the children, soldiers, everyone. They were actually pretty in a strange sort of way, a horseshoe shape about two inches across of some silvery metal no one had ever been able to identify. It surrounded a digital readout of pale blue numbers, counting backwards. Beneath that was a container with the tiny pink lozenges I had failed to consume last year. The timer counted down. It scared me because I knew it signified the end. And when it came down to it, I almost blew it. I almost forgot myself. Christmas morning... I was under the tree with my daughter and my mother, surrounded by the debris of what had been beautifully wrapped gifts. Maya was playing with a toy camel her father had sent well before the holiday so he could be sure it would reach her in time. He was always so good about preparing. Mom was fingering the scarf I had knitted for her. And me? I was looking at my oldest gift, the pin. I could see that the timers were counting down. I had handled mine wrong or maybe had misunderstood the directions. What a surprise. Now I couldn't tell when exactly my time would run out. It frightened me. So many things to do. All I knew was it would be soon. And the people closest to me still didn't know. They had to decide. I couldn't just let time run out without telling them. Not their time, and not mine either. For me, the decision seemed easy, a no-brainer. Take the pills and live. Don't take them and accept destruction. But something always seemed to get in the way. I planned to take them, and then I'd get lost in my daily routines. And then there was always the fear. What if it were a trick to shame the gullible? And worse, what if the pills didn't do anything at all? I knew people who had claimed to have taken them, and they didn't seem any different. It could be just a distraction, something to calm the rising panic. 
and panic was everywhere. Again, time was counting down. Signs were obvious. The sky had dimmed, sickness was rampant, earthquakes, wars. Wars that took husbands from wives, fathers from their beloved daughters, and forced cowards to speak. They had to be told. The tears welled up in my eyes. I leaned back against the couch with my mother and pulled Maya onto my lap. She was almost too old for this kind of snuggling, but she could read the seriousness in my eyes. You know these pins we wear? I tapped hers. They mean something. They are... They are our lives. Maya touched mine. They count backwards, she pulled at it. I took her hand and kissed it. Yes, that's right. We're told the end is coming. What end? I looked over at my mother. Her brow was wrinkled in concern, but she said nothing. The end of everything. The end of dogs? Yes. The end of school? Yes, the end of school. The end of doorbells and singing and toys? I nodded, knowing that further words would encourage her childish list to grow longer. She was silent a moment. Does Daddy know? I thought about him, so far away now, serving in a war that seemed almost irrelevant. His pen was empty, of that I was sure. Oh, Daddy knows. He told me. I looked down at my pen. The timer seemed to be accelerating. That had happened ever since I fooled with it earlier. It figured, but I couldn't get it right. It didn't matter. What mattered is that they be saved. Mom, Maya, these pins have been provided to us so that we could be saved. We don't have to die. Inside there are two pills. If we take them before our time runs out, we won't die. Maya stuck her thumb in her mouth, an outgrown habit she only turned to when anxious. She spoke around her thumb. What'll happen to us? Mom met my look and raised her eyebrows. She didn't want to interrupt, but I could tell she was thinking the same thing. I took a deep breath and recited what I'd been told and what I knew was true. <sighs> There's a place that's ready for us, a place of safety, a beautiful place. But we can't go there unless we're ready, and we can't wait until it's too late. Mom was looking at me from the side of her eyes, the way she always did when weighing a decision. She was fiddling with her pen nervously. Why didn't you tell us earlier? Why now? It sounded like an accusation. I bit my lip to stifle the tears I knew were behind my eyes. I tried out various answers before I settled on telling her the simple truth. I was afraid. She was still looking at me. I've never been much of an authority or a leader of any stripe, and it's so important that you believe me. What if you didn't believe me? She pressed her lips together and narrowed her eyes. I believe you now, she said. Maya patted a curl that had escaped from my early morning ponytail. I believe you too, Mommy. I resettled her on my lap. Well, there's something else. You see, no one can take the pills for you. You have to decide for yourself. Maya asked me the most innocent and the most important question. Are you going to take them? I looked down at my pen. I kept meaning to, I said. Sometimes I honestly thought I had.
Every now and then, I would be shocked to see that the clear container still held the two pink lozenges, one large and one small. I'd never taken that step of faith myself. Why had I never gotten around to it? I settled my shoulders. Yes, sweetheart, I'm taking them right now. I popped open the cover and took the pills in my hand. This is what you do. Swallow the larger pill. I held that one up for them to see. And wait for a flash. Maya cocked her head. A flash? Like from a camera? I don't know. I'm told it's different for everyone, but you'll know it when you see it. Then, I held out the small pill. Take this one. That's it, said my mom. Seems too easy. She, too, had the pills in hand. Maya was looking back and forth between us. That's it, I said and placed the large pill on my tongue. Wait for me, Maya ordered. She and Mom dosed themselves. Flash. I smiled and took the second pill. This is what faith is about. Why can't faith be more obvious? Why can't we look inside a little pillbox and know who believes and who doesn't? Why don't we all have a timer counting down right there on our chests, reminding us that the time is indeed running out? But we all have to make our own decisions, our own step of faith. What about you? Is your pillbox empty? Is mine? There you go. The short story countdown. Kind of cool, huh? Yeah, I kind of felt it was like Christmas meets Matrix. Yeah, I guess. Well, that's just because of the pills, but I thought mm-hmm. it was more like Christmas meets Faith meets Logan's Run kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it it was something that can make you think. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. For sending that in, Desiree, you yeah, you're such really a talented nice. writer. I just I I used to uh, write with her on the RPG game, the Star Trek game on the uh, Trex and Sci-Fi forums. Well, when I listened to that the first time, I remember saying to you, I could just see the lady sitting there with her family on the couch and thinking of her husband off at war, and mm-hmm. you, you could just picture it all. So she did a really good job. Yeah, describing great, everything. great story, and I hope everybody got something out of that. Yeah. Had some more comments on Twitter uh, that I asked the question, and that was, um, what do you love the most about Christmas, or what's something you love about Christmas? And um, got some really nice um, comments. Uh, one of, one of, Cameron um, said, uh, having the family together and seeing the light glowing on their faces, I love that about Christmas. And uh, let's see, um, our friend Sue from New York uh, said, I get to hang out with my brother, and that doesn't happen too often. So that's, she also likes dressing up her cat as Santa. <laughs> okay. Now, she might enjoy that, but I have this feeling that her cat doesn't like it very much. I, 
we we've had pets here that have worn dog clothes and I remember um the kids dressing up our dog like a Christmas tree a few times, putting beads and different baubles on her poor thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, um, that was some of the, the comments there. Let me see. Do I have any other ones? I'm looking through. My, I had a lot of di- different Twitters that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got a couple of emails. Let me check my email real quick. And I think a, a couple of listeners sent an, e- an email in saying what they liked about Christmas. I was having trouble with my email today. So I tested it out by saying, hey, write me an email real quick on what you love about Christmas so I can see if my email works or not. And they did. Ah. <laughs> sneaky. Well, I'm so sneaky. But while you look for that, I like to get some emails back to see if anybody tried any of our Christmas recipes. That would be awesome. That would be neat to find out if someone dared to try them. Okay. Well, Amanda said, so it seems you asked people to check your email to get comments, which is sneaky, but works. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> she figured me out. Anyway, she said... It's so funny. Um, My favorite thing about Christmas is how family and friends get together and enjoy each other. They can share stories, talk about family, sing songs, and enjoy to be around each other in a special loving setting. Sadly, it is also the thing I don't like sometimes about Christmas because people get together and some may not like each other and can ruin a party as well as too much alcohol. Seen it way too much in my family. Also, there's often offended people if you don't go to their party but go to someone else's. Anyway, test complete. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, she's right. Yeah, I we're really blessed because it seems like both sides of our family, my, my mom's side and your mom and dad's side, they're pretty good about understanding that we can't make it to everything. We try to alternate. We yeah. go to Thanksgiving. If we're doing Thanksgiving in one place, we do Christmas at the other or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's tricky though sometimes. Carrie Isabel, 74, on Twitter, said, Hiya, hope you can read this email. Wishing you a great holiday and a happy and merry new year. Okay. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. And then we got an email from our friend Tiffany, who um, said that she's she's having a tough time this year. I won't read the whole email because I don't think she wanted me to read it out loud. But uh, anyway, I can tell you this. Merry Christmas, Tiffany. We love you and Alex. We think you're awesome. Yeah. I I need an Alex fix. We're going to have to get together again. Yeah. He's probably grown about three Leaps and bounds already. Yes, that's true. That's very, very, very true. Very cute true. little boy. Very cute. Okay. Um, let me see. What that, I think that's everything I have about what people thought about Christmas. Um, what's your favorite part about Christmas, Amy? Well, I love the Christmas Eve service and, and just being with my family. I um, I like cooking for everybody and and just being together yeah yeah cool mm-hmm. great what's your favorite part wow you remembered to ask me after i sat there and looked at you <laughs> my favorite part about christmas gosh there's a lot of different favorite parts about christmas i think um i think probably now the older that i am and really when i was younger too the best part was being with family and then just um I don't know, being able to um, just enjoy kind of the magic of Christmas. I mean, it means a whole lot. Christmas means a lot different things to me now that I'm a believer in Christ 
than before. I mean, mm-hmm. before it was mostly family, food, you know, that kind of thing, and just getting presents because I, you know, Christmas can be really super selfish if you if you let it be. Mm-hmm. But um, after I became a believer, and you know, I I just realized, wow, Jesus really is real, and and I believed in Him and gave my life to Him. I think that Christmas took on a completely different meaning because it um, it was much deeper, and it wasn't just it wasn't what it has become more of a commercial type of thing. It it, it became more thoughtful, and it became while well, it became really eternal. You know, I mean, as far mm-hmm. as the message behind it and what it really implies is just it implies the greatest gift of all was given for us. You know, and and cared about us, and and he grew up, and he died on a cross, and he set us free if we only receive him into our heart. That's a pretty cool gift. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the ultimate gift you can get because it means no matter what happens to our bodies, um, that we will go on to live forever in heaven with Jesus, and that's the best Christmas gift. That's the best, I mean, Christmas gift you can get. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's my favorite part is just the real true meaning of Christmas. Yep. I want to play for you a story that I wrote called um, The Star of the Show. And it um, it's really interesting. I wrote this story a few years back and read it at a Christmas Eve service. And a lot of people really enjoyed it. But I had not pulled it out for a while. And it's really interesting because the way I wrote it, it, it incorporates some of the memories that I have of Christmas with made-up memories, you know, with to make the story. Mm-hmm. And so when you put it all together, it's thought-provoking. It's, it's part fiction and part yeah. pulled from your your facts, yeah. <laughs> your memories. Yes. And so I thought it would be fun to play that that um, that special and or that story and let people come up with the conclusion they want to come up with. Then we'll be back to wrap things up and uh, play a beautiful song that uh, was written for a musical that my friend recorded. And then I added some strings to it, and uh, we'll get to hear that in a moment. I think you'll really enjoy it. But here it is. This is called The Star of the Show, right here on Taking With You. The Star of the Show. Once upon a time, there was a family that loved Christmas. It was the one time of year they all took a break from the craziness of life to be crazy together. They were a family much like mine and yours. They celebrated traditions that had been passed down during the years. Some of them held great meaning, and others were done without realizing the significance of the ritual. 
this year was different. It was the first year without Grandma. You see, she had passed away this last summer. You never realize how much people mean to you until they aren't there anymore. They all felt a little awkward because for years the family had invited Grandma over to decorate the tree, have cookies, and listen to Christmas music. It was their tradition. It was emptier this year, and even though the family was growing up and everyone expected it to be different, things weren't the same. Oh, the smell of fresh-baked cookies filled the air, and the music was playing. The tree was brought in with the needles falling all over the floor, tripping over the dog. The boys put it in his stand. It took ten minutes for the father and his sons to adjust it to make it straight. They just don't make a good Christmas tree stand, do they? After five minutes of it laying over to the left, Dad got angry and started to lose it. Over the strains of peace on earth, goodwill toward men, were words that shouldn't be spoken here. This kind of scenario is played out all over the neighborhood every year. They finally locked it into place, and the middle son cranked down the little metal pegs on the tree's trunk. Then came the lights. How is it that when you put the lights away every year, they are organized and in place, and when you open the same box a year later, you find them completely tangled and impossible to straighten out? Then you plug them in, and they don't work. Ugh. This year was no exception, and finally, after replacing several bulbs, the tree was lit up. Like a Christmas tree. The ornaments came out next. Some had been in the family for years and years, ever since the kids were young. There were shiny and bright ones. There were homemade ornaments made as projects in school. There were photo ornaments and, of course, candy canes. The kids always liked candy canes. There were several boxes labeled Xmas strewn about the floor, and the family were unwrapping the ornaments from their tissue paper and reminiscing about things that were happening when that particular ornament was first purchased or made. One by one, the ornaments were hung and the tree began to take on its life. It was magical. It lit up the room and light danced as it reflected off the ornaments. The lights overhead were turned off and the family stood in the glow of the tree. Time stood still as Burl Ives sang in the background. Then, the youngest grandchild, still basking in the mystery of the holiday, said, Mom, something is missing. Shh, the mom motioned with her finger to her lips. Let us enjoy the moment. Yes, but Mom, something's missing, she said with more intensity. Everyone sighed, and one of the brothers piped up. Sure, something's missing. Grandma isn't here, and it isn't the same. As soon as the brothers said the word Grandma, the whole family seemed to sink into emotional doldrums. You could see the pain in Dad's eyes, and Mom teared up. I know it's not the same, but we have to remember the great times we had with her. She was a special lady. Dad, one of the kids said in the awkward silence, what kind of things did Grandma do at Christmas when you were a kid? Dad answered slowly, trying not to cry. Well, uh, you know, she was a kind lady, kids. She was a very giving person. Many times, her and Dad would make sure that all of us kids had some great presents. I remember the thought and care that went into our gifts. Funny thing is, I can't tell you what they ever got. But they were like that. It wasn't about them. Of course, it wasn't the gifts that were important to them anyway. 
we were. And of course, we always went to church to celebrate Christmas. The dad thought for a moment, and it seemed like the quietness lasted a long time. One of the kids spoke up. We didn't go this year. And he was right. In all the busyness and hubbub, they hadn't made the time to go to church. There were gifts to buy, parties to go to, and decorating to be done. And after all, they were all so busy. Just to be with family was enough, wasn't it? I mean, at least they were all together. The excuses seemed endless until Dad opened his mouth again. Jeez, guys, I just forgot about that. Looking at his watch, he said, and now it's too late. The service at church is almost over. That is what it is, declared the little girl. We're missing the star. The mom chuckled. <laughs> yeah, I guess we are, Elizabeth. Jesus is the star of Christmas. No, the little girl exclaimed. On the tree, she pointed toward the ceiling. We're missing the star at the top. The family stood there in stunned silence. Here, the little girl figured out that the star that had always donned the top of their tree growing up wasn't anywhere to be found, but her words carried a much deeper significance. Jesus, the star of Christmas, wasn't anywhere to be found either. He had always been at the top of their holiday, and Grandma and Grandpa had emphasized it year after year. A lesson was being taught, even though they hadn't been able to go to church, church had come to them. The dad, with tears in his eyes, looked at his wife, they both were quiet for a moment, and at the risk of being corny, Dad shut off the music and began to sing softly. Oh, come, let us adore him. One by one, the family joined in until the room filled with sincere adoration to the Savior. One of the boxes marked Xmas was hidden under a pile of tissue. The cat had been batting around all of the paper and darting in and out from under the Christmas tree, the tissue fell off of the box to reveal the faint scrolling of the word star on the side. The little girl ran over to the box and pulled it open. There it was. The oldest ornament the family owned. It had been passed down generation after generation. The star. The family, still singing, Oh, come let us adore him, smiled as Dad lifted the little girl up with the star in her hands. He picked her up and she placed the star at the top of the tree. It was worn and tattered, but as it rested in its place, the world became brighter. It was at the highest place in the room. The star was looking over the room of family and the gifts. It was where it should be. It didn't fit anywhere else. It could only be at the top, where it always belonged. All of the other ornaments were pretty, some even flashy, but everyone's eyes were fixed on the star. Even though it wasn't the most flamboyant or fancy ornament, it was obviously the star of the show. The dad bowed his head and softly prayed. His warm voice filled the air with assurance. Jesus, forgive our family. Forgive us for being so into the gifts and decorating, even each other, that we forgot about you. We know you're the reason we even celebrate, and we almost missed you. Thanks for helping us remember Grandma and Grandpa and how they always pointed us to you. Please help us to always make you the star of our show. Amen. The family stood for a while speechless. God had come to them this year in the form of a little girl and a Christmas decoration 
they would never forget this Christmas. They all made a commitment that Jesus would be the star of their show from this point on. Who is the star of your Christmas? I pray that it would be Jesus, the baby who was born, the man that grew up and died on the cross to forgive you and I of our sin and to set us right with our Heavenly Father. May you have a blessed and Christ-centered Christmas. So what did you think? You like that story? I do. I I like how the little sometimes truth comes out of the baby's mouth. Yeah. Well, yeah. The young kids thing. just kind of say how it is, don't they? Yeah. I remember that many times. I'd be preaching, and my kids would blurt something out if I said something wrong or misrepresented anything. They'll set you straight. Yeah, in, <laughs> in front of everyone. <laughs> but I hope I hope that that. Um, I hope the message of that, you know, I tried not to come on too strong, even though it's a very strong message, but I just think it's important that we that we prioritize what the holiday is really all about. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for people. Well, All of us need a good perspective change once in a while. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people can get their expectations on the material side of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it can disappoint a yeah. lot of people. Or, or maybe... You only get one or two Christmas cards instead of a hundred, and you you know. Well, I remember. I mean, there's just sometimes I remember, you get you know, sad about different expectations you. Well, can sure. Have. Growing up, I mean, you know, when we were little, we got we were spoiled. We got lots of presents. You you grew up in a family that didn't. You guys got like one nice gift. We grew up in a family where we got a ton of gifts, and then the grandparents brought us a bunch of stuff. And so by the time I hit about twelve years old. You know, every Christmas had been score. You know, I got all sorts of cool toys and clothes and all these different things. And then when it rolled around to, you know, 13 years old, it's like all of a sudden the, there wasn't anything hardly. I mean, my parents bought us gifts every year and we got lots of really nice stuff from them. But that was it. I mean, it, I mean, it really kind of slacked off a whole bunch. And that that was hard, I think, because that's really all I celebrated was the getting the gift type of things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it wasn't as much a spiritual significance to me, but yeah, yeah. it was disappointing. I think. Well, with my because I was geared for that. With my family, my fondest memories are gathering at my grandpa's house mm-hmm. 
on Christmas Eve and we'd share a meal, a real simple meal, like we've talked about before, usually super sandwiches and sure. some goodies. And then we would, um, someone would play um, hymns, like Christmas carol hymns mm-hmm. on the piano. And everybody sing along. Sing along. And then um, someone would read from the Bible, um, probably Luke chapter 2 or something. Sure. Um, about Jesus being born. And then we did have a gift time after that. But um, like like um, you said, we got one present from our parents. And mm-hmm. it was usually something that we needed, like a coat or a sweater or something. Something like that. And, um, and then each of our grandparents got us something, usually handmade, like handmade slippers or... A dollhouse or a doll bed or something. Right. Um, we had, you know, had a di- we had a large family and um, farmers didn't have a lot of cash money as as one of our listeners Jen just talked about. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we had um, a wealth of land, but not a lot of wealth in the bank. <laughs> and so you got creative with gifts, but it wasn't as much about the gifts as it was being together and celebrating Jesus's birthday. Yeah. And and you know for us it, like I said it was different than that but uh, anyway I just I just think it's really interesting how Christmas can mean whatever it means to you it's it's up to us to determine if we're going to celebrate Christmas in a in a thoughtful and and real way or or a materialistic way it's really up to us mm-hmm. and what we expect and out of it and there's nothing wrong with giving gifts no. I mean like Jen said that's one way that we show people we love them, and um, Jesus, you know, God gave his gift of his son, and Jesus gave his life, and, yeah. you know, we in turn like to give gifts. Um, but, you know, just if we have our focus on Christ, then our our expectations won't ever be disappointed. Absolutely. Well, the last thing we wanted to do was play a, a very special song that... Um, Years ago, I wrote a play called The Innkeeper, mm-hmm. and it was a musical, and it was from the perspective of the folks that own the inn that Mary and Joseph were turned away from, that mm-hmm. they didn't have any room in their inn, mm-hmm. and it was about the family that ran the inn, the, the mom and the dad and the daughter and the son, and they were a good Jewish family, you know, and everything, and and there was this one point where Mary and Joseph had been traveling for uh, many, many miles in the desert. They were tired. They were hungry. They came into the town, and they went to the inn to to get a room. She was nine months pregnant, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. Sure, very miserable. And they go to the counter, and the innkeeper had no room for them. There was no rooms left. And um, the way I wrote the play was interesting because of the musical was uh, because there was a, a brief moment. It doesn't really say all that happened right there. You know, there's, there's a lot to leave to mm-hmm. your imagination. And so I took that and kind of wrote with that. And what I had happened was that there was no room. And so he turned him away. And and uh, and then Mary went outside for a moment and just contemplated what was going on. And she, you know, she was concerned. What am I going to do here? But she had the promise that God had spoken to her that she was going to have this child that would save the nations. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote the lyrics within the in the case of, you know, okay, so maybe it's not going to work out the way I thought it would be. And maybe I didn't hear from you. Maybe I did. But, um, you know, even if he's born in the street, at least all men will see him. 
mm-hmm. and will he will he find his place? And are, are people so busy that they can't see who this is that I'm carrying? Mm-hmm. You know, and so basically, she just sings it from that perspective, and I think it, it really speaks to the heart of every single one of us that we can sometimes miss the significance of Christmas and what our place in this whole universe, what our place in this life is, uh, because we don't properly examine what's really going on. You know, God is right there for every single person, regardless of of what you've done with your life, what your orientation is, um, you know, what your race is, what what you believe this way. God here for every single person, if they'd stop for a moment and look for him. Mm-hmm. The problem is most of us don't stop, and we're so busy with our lives, we're so busy with all that's going on, that we don't stop and make the time to really seek out who God really is in our lives. And, you know, that was of significant change in my life when I finally realized that Jesus really was the Lord and the boss, and and he really was, he really did die on the cross and rose again from the dead, and he really did go to hell in my place, and he really loves me and cares about me. That was a significant difference in the way I viewed life after that. Because mm-hmm. when you realize that you're that important to the creator of the universe, that he would care for you so much, it changes everything that you think. So with that in mind, I want to play the song. Um, the lady that's singing it, her uh, name is Melina Castle. She has an album out. She's actually a couple of albums out, but in particular, you can find her music on CD Baby. But this is funny. The story behind the song is when I wrote the songs, I recorded them onto a CD, mm-hmm. just a scratch tracks. I played the piano and sang into a microphone, handed them to her. She was the music director at the church that I was at, mm-hmm. and she took them and then rearranged it to sound better because <laughs> she was good at that. And she took the song that I had written and just innocently and and with emotion in her heart and with a discovery that I just love the way she sings she sang the song back into it as a as a practice track for the lady mm-hmm. that played the part of Mary uh she Melina actually didn't play the part of Mary a, a lady named Angel did and she did a fabulous job at mm-hmm. the actual performance but this in particular was so well sung the first time I heard it when she when she gave me the CD to listen to it I listened to it in my truck and I actually pulled over because it made me cry because mm-hmm. she had such a rich, believable tone in her voice on this song. And, you know... So it's, a, it's actually a scratch track, and then I added strings to it a couple nights and I'm, ago. I'm not sure if this is the appropriate time to plug her albums, but please do take time to go listen to a little bit. Of, if you love jazzy music, she has a real smooth, Big jazzy, band, jazz, kind of cool. Oh, yeah, just beautiful, beautiful voice. Beautiful Melina songs. Castle with a K, K-A-S-T-L-E. And some of her songs, um, original and very, very um, sweet. Yeah. Very so nice here, here she is. She sings this song. I added some strings a couple of nights ago because it just called out for those. And, and I hope the song speaks to your heart. As soon as it's over, we'll say a word of prayer. And then we'll wish everybody a Merry Christmas and we'll be done with the show. But here you go. This is called, Will He Find His Place? On Take Him With You. What a burden placed on us To have God's only Son Will be done. I think it's too great for me. 
powerful song yeah i've you know every time i listen to it i just think um it's just so pretty melina has a a great voice and it's a great message very cool well we want to wish everybody a very very merry christmas we hope that uh, we hope we've encouraged you during this christmas special to really look at things in a in a way that uh, opens your heart to what christmas is really all about and and that is the gift that uh, God gave us by having Jesus be born as that little baby in the manger and that he grew up and he loved us and he cared about us and he, he gave his life for us so that we might have eternal life. And that's what it's all about. Yep. So Merry Christmas, everybody. 
Merry Christmas, and we will be back before the new year. But actually, I think we're going to take a week off, and and we're going to ask everybody if they will um, send in a special comment for our Big Show One Hundred. Big Show One Hundred. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna we have a hundred shows, and I thought it'd be fun to do that the first of the year. Maybe take a, a week off so we can just be with family and kind of hang out and go up to visit my parents and kind of enjoy that week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we might throw out something, but it won't be a, it won't be a whole show or anything like that. My something in the feed for Saturday, the 26th of, of, uh, of December, but I think it'd be fun to do our big show 100 on the 2nd of January. What do you think of 2011? Well, that might be kind of neat. Yeah. So we're asking everybody, if you want to send in some comments about, if you like, take him with you, uh, what your hopes are for the new year. That'd be kind of fun to hear. It might be neat to hear what they've liked so far, too. Yeah. What their favorite shows have been. or What have you taken with you from Take Him With You? Mm-hmm. And what maybe what some things that you would like to us to cover or talk about. That would be about. very, very cool. And you can get a hold of us by writing to rick at takehimwithyou.com. Or amy at takehimwithyou.com. That's right. Or you visit our website at takehimwithyou.com. Or Facebook us, messages. Facebook.com slash rick.moyer or slash amy.moyer. And we always like to have friends. Yeah. So it'd be nice to hear from you guys and um, just kind of find out what you've liked and what you, you would like. And we wanted to also say thank you to all of you over this past year that have supported and helped us do the podcast. You know, it really is true that that, uh, many of you have, at one time or another over the last year, um, sent a donation in to help us out, and that has been just wonderful because this is part of what we do to make a living. And, uh, you know, we don't charge for the podcast or anything like that, but we do have some very, very nice friends that from time to time will send us something in. And we just want to say thank you to all of our regular um, um, listeners and people that pray for us and also that donate to the podcast. Without you, we wouldn't ever be able to do what we do. And we want to say thank you to you. Mm-hmm. So Merry, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless you. Have an incredible New Year. We'll see you at the beginning of the New Year with Big Show 100. Wow. I can't believe we've done that many. I know. So, so Merry long. Christmas and okay. God bless you and take him with you is a podcast that is uh, produced by... Moyer Multimedia, LLC. Copyright 2010. All rights reserved. Have a great day, and God bless you. Merry Christmas! Each and every one. God bless us, everyone. (laughs) That's Tiny Tim. Thank you. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that sand 
is on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly So I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 